This is the 99 Black Podcast. Welcome to the 99 Black Podcast. This is Wes. I'm here with my co-host, Connor. Hey, you guys. You like our <laughs> Connor, Connor Morgan, co-host, uh, best friend, superstar. Yeah. <laughs> I go by many names. Uh, yeah, so we are continuing our series of the best podcasts you've heard in your life. <laughs> and so... Um, <laughs> Love it. I've been waiting to use that button for so long, um, so I'm glad I finally get to use it. So, welcome to the 99 Black Podcast, uh, where we're trying to uh, help you learn to be a black sheep within culture. And, uh, Connor, how's your week been, buddy? I mean, it's been good, man. Um, Really, really enjoying, one, I got to say, the positive feedback we're getting from you guys. It's truly a blessing. We love you guys. Um, I'm awaiting the negative feedback, but so far, yeah, so good. It's just, it's, it's really a, a humbling experience, and we just love that y'all are interested in in hearing us out. So that's been something I've been kind of riding a high on and just enjoying. Just yeah, two absolute nobodies who just love Jesus. <laughs> yeah, who just love Jesus of... talking it. And uh, my kitchen is finally. Uh oh! It's get. I'm getting over the horizon. I'm, I, it should be our countertop should be in by the end of the month. So that's great. Um, that's a blessing from God that we were able to get those done so quickly. So speaking of blessings, I'm I'm finally on the recovery where no, I wasn't injured or anything, <laughs> but I did some uh I did some work for somebody and it was like four days of I do some flooring like I when I was. Coming out of high school, uh, around college time, before I dropped out, and in between time, I've dropped out several times of college. But within between those times, I were was dropping out of school. I was doing flooring, and that is like a side hustle, side business. Or and you're dang good at it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I'm just I, I guess. And so, um, I for a friend or acquaintance of mine, I off he asked if I would do the floors, and I was like, yeah. But when I do something like that. I dedicate all day, every day, and I will work for like 14 hours a day to get it done. So I got this done, this house done in like four days, but what that does to your body. Oh, you felt like you got hit by a train, bud. Yeah, it was tough. And so I'm I'm finally on the recovery. I'm finally like feeling like I have a little bit of energy. Mm-hmm. Also, that ghost energy that I had a few minutes ago, probably not hurting. Ghost energy, if you're listening. Sponsor. Please sponsor me. Or Snickers. A king size Snicker bar and a ghost energy drink. It's the remedy. <laughs> <laughs> so if any, if any, either one of y'all would like to sponsor this podcast, I will take it because uh, you're getting free. You're getting free coverage right now. Absolutely. To everyone listening. So yeah. So I'm glad to be on the mend. And last week we were talking about continuing through Genesis and talking about these stories happening and uh, this loser named Lot that. <sighs> Just a big old side yeah. lot, man. Not a fan. Not yeah, not a fan. A fan. It, we were carrying on this story where we were talking about basically this place called Sodom. Sodom and Gomorrah were being going to be destroyed, and basically Lot just has this heart for Sodom. He like he has a heart to conform to the culture, which was like biblical sin city. It was yeah. like it was Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. It yeah, it was a really wicked place. Mm-hmm. God had heard about how wicked it was. That's what the the Bible says. So, it, he loved being there. 
His family loved being there. And then he had to break away from it because it was being destroyed. And what we said was because of who he knew uh, allowed him to be saved because he knew his uncle, Abraham. Abraham uh, has favor with God. Uh, The Bible says that he was righteous because of his faith. And so um, God was willing to save Lot's family even though they weren't, they didn't deserve it. I don't even think they wanted it. Yeah, I really Like, he was allowing them to be saved uh, despite kind of how, where they were and where their heart was, was. Just shows the graciousness of God. That's one thing. When we talk about the Old Testament, everybody always talks about the wrath of God. And even talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, where he's destroying a city because of how sinful they are. And as a just God, he has the full right to be able to do that. Absolutely. They've broken his law, and they love breaking his law. Mm. And so he has the right to do that, but he's also gracious. Yeah, which... He, he saves people that don't deserve to be saved. A lot, man. I mean, my man was willing to give up his engaged daughters mm-hmm. to protect two strangers that he had just met, and then he ends up getting them pregnant through uh, a drunken brigade. <laughs> like Supposedly, a, he knew nothing about... Nothing about it. And, you know, I tend to not believe him, but... Just crazy. He's pa- you know, he's passing this down from generation to generation. And he's like, and you know what else happened? They did this to me, and I had zero idea what was going on. I was completely out of it. But just as much as God is just in his in his judgment, he's also he shows grace to everybody. So yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the ma- that's a major takeaway that uh, as decrepit and obvious as Lot's sin is. Uh, I can raise my hand and say, I've been there. And mm-hmm. it, it's not the same sin, but my sin in God's eyes is decrepit. Like, yep. it separates me. My sin separates me from a holy God, right? Absolutely. And as much as we can hate on Lot, our tendency is to be far from God and to break away from him. So I want to continue. What, what you know, that's kind of where the story of Lot ends. And we kind of teased that we had good news to share. Yeah, the good news to share because we're going to get to some really cool stuff that I mentioned the Abrahamic covenant, which happened in chapter fifteen, and we're going to kind of see this promise. That's what a covenant is this this promise that God has made to Abraham, and it says it's going to affect all people, and it's going to come through a son. And uh, before we get to this son who is named Isaac, mm-hmm. uh, that happens in chapter twenty one, but in chapter twenty. Just want to cover real briefly, there's another encounter where Abraham's like in the town and he's like, hey, this is my sister again. It's like, you did not learn the first time. Like, don't quit doing that, bro. Yeah, I mean, because like the the previous one, the Pharaoh had a bunch of plagues, right? So because of Abraham's selfishness, because of him wanting to take things into his own hands, he was willing to have someone else fall, take the fall for it, mm-hmm. right? And then here we see again, this is my sister uh, with this king. I'm not going to try Abimelech. To, Abimelech uh, again, <laughs> another name I did not know how to pronounce until now. I'm uh, gonna, we're going to we're going to learn how we're going to work on that. Um, but again, hey, I'm saying that she's my sister, and so he, you know, he sent for uh, the king had sent for Sarah and had brought her into his palace and was going to marry her. 
So again, another time, Abraham was willing to I'm telling let you, man, somebody. Sarah, she was a dime, she bro. She must have been something, boy. <laughs> she was a dime. And she's like 80, 90 years old. She must have been finer than frog's hair because yeah. these kings. <laughs> there's my southern saying's gone. These kings, man, they could not get enough of Sarah. But Abraham was willing to let them take the fall for it. Like, dude, that's really yeah. sad. Sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. He's sneaky, sneaky. Um, and yeah, so he he... They go into this uh, town or city or whatever you want to call it, and uh, he introduces her as his sister. The king wants to take take her for a wife, and then God comes to him in dream. Dude, so this was I was reading this, and like I would have had a heart attack, but God showed like obviously because he knew Abraham had taken this things into his own hands. He shows grace and mercy to this king that like. Um, he it was in verse uh where is it verse three so he says uh, but that night God came to him in a dream and told him and this would be scary to me you're a dead man for that woman you've taken is already married and so he's like I I Lord I, God in a dream <laughs> saying you're a dead man yeah like that would be scary as I'll get out but he says I think Clint Eastwood or something's bad yeah. to you, you know like, like this, this thunderous voice like I just could not imagine and. Uh, he says, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Uh, innocent nation. Didn't Abraham tell me she is my sister? And she herself said, yes, he is my brother. I acted in complete innocence. My hands are clean. And so he's pleading with God. And mm-hmm. God says, you know what? I know you're innocent. And so just return her back. Yeah. And like that's one, Abraham was willing to let somebody take the fall for him. <laughs> Two, God, that boy had a heart attack in the middle of the Yeah. Uh, so he gives Sarah back. He's like, you can have this chick because you're causing me all types yeah. of trouble again. And not only does he give her back, like does doesn't he give uh, Abraham like all like types of cattle, like a bunch of well, stuff. So what? What before that? What the thing is is that. Um, so it's crazy how they interact with each other. And uh, he says, "What have you done to us? Like, what crime have I committed that I deserve treatment like mm-hmm. this?" And uh, why are you says, coming at me like, like that? Why? Bro? What? Why'd you say this? And and uh, Abraham says, "I thought this was a godless place, so they want my wife and will kill me to get to her." And she really is my sister. So he does this deceitful thing. He tells this half truth. Well, I didn't lie. It's like, bro, like that's eerily similar to what Satan does in the Garden of Eden. Mm. The, the the deceitfulness, um, which kind of is a callback to when I said in the last episode about how God uses these imperfect people. So even, like, God is making a, a promise that is going to affect all humanity with this man mm-hmm. that is a broken man who is kind of cheating the system. Yeah. And it's like, God uses broken people. Yeah. When you go to a church and you're like, man, look at all these chumps. Like, yeah, God uses those chumps. Yeah. God and, loves those chumps. And, that, <laughs> and what's crazy is that even in that dream, God said, for he is a prophet. So mm. like he's like saying I know you're innocent and I and like we're acknowledging that he's done wrong, but God's like no he, he's a prophet like he's yeah I, like I see greatness in him and so um yeah they, they then obviously they give he gives the gifts he sends them on his way and he's like uh, look I'm giving you a th- not only not only did he have the dream uh all the women became infertile because oh, yeah. of that yeah. and even the king's wife like. They cannot have kids now because it's like that's a big. That's crazy. Well, you know, we've talked about this before. How in the culture, like how important children were 
to, you know, your status and your lineage and all that stuff. And so he's like, you can't have any more kids either. And he's like, please fix this. So in verse 17 of chapter 20, Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech's wife and female servant so they could have children. And uh, basically he fixed, he undid it, un- undid what had been by done. God's, by God's sovereignty, like by God, yeah. what he wanted. But um, yeah, man, it's just crazy. How I don't Abraham's know why or how, or, yeah, you know, and it's not for me to explain, yeah. you know, but that that's part of the story that happened. So we continue into what what the promise to Abraham starts becoming fulfilled. Uh, he has this son named Ishmael with his servant girl, mm-hmm. and by the time uh, this next part happens, Ishmael is about 13 years old, which is something that I hadn't realized probably before. Uh, I kind of always thought of like, oh, one son and then the next son, and they're kind of mm-hmm. close to age. No, you're talking about 13 years. 13 years of having a son that God has made clear that this is not the son that I have promised you that is going to create all your descendants upon the nation. Um, and so, you know, my Bible, uh, it calls chapter 21, the birth of Isaac. And so Sarah becomes pregnant with Isaac, finally. Yep. You know, she's been waiting for this baby to come, which seemed like it would never come. And, and he says, God has brought me laughter, uh, which is what we talked about. Isaac's name means uh, something about laughing or something. Yeah, like that. He, uh, I think it, he laughs. Um, actually, I have it right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Isaac's name means he laughs. Um, but I love how she's just showing this like humility and kind of chuckling at herself. She's like, um, you know, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. And mm. so she's like knowing that, like, how foolish was I to think that how, how foolish was I to doubt God? Like he, he fulfilled his promise. Yeah. And so it's funny how we still read this thousands of years later and we laugh about it with her. Cause it was like, how, how could you not think that God was going to fulfill his promise? Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't even know the promise to come, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy. It's funny how she showed that humility. and was like, you know, every, this is going to be in the book for ages. Yeah. Like, this is gonna- and she's like, I gave my baby daddy. I finally <laughs> gave him a baby. And I'm like, he's 100 years old. <laughs> it don't matter. God is good. That's crazy. Man. And uh, after she becomes pregnant, so she's super happy, Has this, is having this baby. It says Isaac grew up and was a, about to be weaned. And uh, Abraham prepared this huge feast. And then uh, this chaos begins to ensue. Because this is what happens when you put yourself in a pickle. Mm -hmm. And my man's dealing with two women. He got two baby mamas. (laughs) See, if if you're in this boat, you need to know that God does not want you to have multiple baby mamas. Because we see the baby mama drama happening right here, right in front of our face. I can only imagine how much stress he was going through. And so basically, Sarah starts getting... You know, now that she's finally, the promise has finally come to fruition, she's like, get that girl out of here. Get Ishmael out of here. Like, I don't want to see them. And basically, he's got a tough decision to make. He kind of well, gets them out of there. How she comes out of it is pretty nasty. Like, she's um, she's like, get rid of that slave woman and her son. He is not to share the inheritance with my son, Isaac. I won't have it. Mm-hmm. She's so, been... In her mind, she's been putting up with this for 13 years. Yeah. She's been having, you know, she's been having to stare at this lady 
that is has the child that she always wanted with her husband, yes. and she's having to face this. But you know, you're mad at your own actions. That's the thing. You're and mad I, at something you did. You, it clear as day said she suggested this, and Abraham's like, "All oh, right, I'm yeah, right. yeah, okay, I can yeah. see that." But like then, he, like this is where it comes to where like you you because you think the circumstances are too, are bigger than God, right? And you take it into your own actions. There's repercussions that come with that, right? So like it upset Abraham. Mm-hmm. Like he was like. This is my. He's like, that's my son. That's my son. Like, this is my flesh and blood too. And God told him, you know, don't be upset over that boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah says. Mm. And it's like, heck, man. Like, you I put think it's because in this. yeah, you put yourself in it, but you don't, Abraham. You don't realize what I'm promising to you. Mm. You don't realize that I'm saying who your son is going to be. I've made this amazing promise with you, but you got no idea what I'm even talking about. Yeah. You you kind of take it at face value. You don't realize the depth of what a promise from God looks like. Yeah. And so we're going to kind of unpack that. So Hagar and Ishmael, they, they're kind of banished to the wild. God God hears her cry, though. Hagar is upset, obviously. So, I mean, she's just a servant. But the, but the, the great thing is, is that one thing I took comfort in this was that even through my own foolish mistakes— God can use it to glorify him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he was like, send them out right to the wilderness. And then he's like, Hagar, like what's wrong? Do not be afraid. Like God has heard the boy crying uh, as he lies there and uh, go and comfort him. And I'll make great nations from his descendants. Now that's another thing for another day of the descendants. Well, to her, them. that would mean a lot. Yes. You know, that would, that would mean something that, you know, they're going to be taken care of. But it says right after that, Stuff then, like that, then God opened Hagar's eyes. So it's like through Abraham and Sarah's and Hagar, everybody played a part in this. Through this, this these decisions that caused complete chaos, it was super messy. God was still able to open Hagar's eyes, right? And so, like, even and then, he, then she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled a water container and gave the boy a drink. And the boy grew up in the wilderness. So, yeah. you know, it's like he like, protected them. Yeah. And that, but it's just crazy how, like, he was able to use something that Abraham and Sarah had created. And, like, in the first place, it was a bad circumstance because they didn't trust God in in the beginning. Like, you know what I mean? But he was still able to, to use um, this scenario to show Hagar and, and, and glorify him, you know? And so after that, some, some more stuff happened with Abraham and Abimelech, which, uh, I don't know that there's major significance yeah. for what we're talking about there, but you can go read uh, chapter 21 if you want to know more about that. And then we start getting into uh, chapter 22. One thing that I wanted to note about chapter 21 is with this the whole deal with Sarah and Hagar and Ishmael and Abraham and all of them is that there was no peace for them when they made plans outside of God's plans. Mm. They did not have peace. For 13 years, all Sarah felt was turmoil because she had decided to go her own way, come up with her own plans. Instead of resting in the promises of God, we have the promises of God in our scripture. We can see what God has promised to us and where our hope lies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she 
she didn't have peace. They didn't have peace because they had made their plans and weren't patient. Now I'm, you know, I'm the first to acknowledge that I'm not patient. I no. Um, I I get it honest, but um, I you know I want things done yesterday. That yes. is just kind of my mentality. Um, if I if I'm working on something, just know that I want it done, and I've I've been wanting it done for a while now. Um, so I relate to wanting to be patient or mm-hmm. like struggling with patience. And 13 years is a long time to wait. Man. But that's a, that's what a, we see through Scripture is when God makes promises, time ain't nothing to him. Well, he's, what's he, funny he is wait, like... He takes these long breaks, you know. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, like, what's funny is uh, if any of our listeners are in high school, you think four years is a long time. Like, 13 from yeah. when you were in kindergarten to the day you graduated. That's how long... You see how much time has passed through that. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if every day you had to look at something. I just think about how my life has changed in the past 13 oh, yeah. years. Yeah. That is, you know, it's so crazy. much has happened. And mm-hmm. if you had to watch... In you know, Sarah's case, she has to watch this kid grow up, and she's been promised a kid, and it still hadn't happened, and she's like almost 100 years old. Yeah. You know, same... It, you know, you can re you can see why she would doubt God. Yeah. But because they came up with their own plans, they didn't have peace. And that's the thing that I want to emphasize. Mm-hmm. You won't have peace in your own self. You'll never have full peace in yourself. When you see people struggling and, and dependent upon uh substances and mm-hmm. whatever, like they don't have peace because they're walking within their own plans to resolve their issues. One hundred percent. Um, but they find peace. You will find peace through God. Chapter twenty two the real ball gets rolling, which I'm really excited to talk about. Chapter 22 is Isaac's here, and Abraham is going to have his faith tested. And people don't understand the story when they're like, yeah. the story is that God says, take your son and go sacrifice him. Yes. And one note that I had, based off, off things we have already talked about, is in Abraham's head, that might not have been crazy. Yeah, so like from the last episode we had talked about, I made a big point that he had left his native land and was going to the land of Canaan. And so human sacrifice was uh, not common in Abraham's native like land. Right, nowhere throughout Judaism or anything within under Yahweh was child sacrifice a thing. But maybe, it, maybe to his it, knowledge, maybe it would be. He oh, know. dude, it was well established in the land of Canaan. Like right. it was. Other people are sacrificing their children. Yes, like uh, sacrificing it to false gods, and and you just saw with Sodom and Gomorrah, like these people were pure, just evil, right? So like they were finding favors in their God and justifying their own actions, and so one of those things that was able to justify what they wanted was they would sacrifice babies, which is crazy, and God. Hated that, like mm-hmm. did yep. not like that. But what one thing I wanted to, I, I'm glad you brought this up. For you, you know, take your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, mm-hmm. and go to the land and I and offer him as a burnt sacrifice in the mountains, which I'll show you. But here we go, right here. It's when Abraham's when God's promise has finally followed through. All right, so we see that. When he was alone, so we see him being faithful right off the get go. Where he's in the land, and no one's like you know. No, I would say no one's watching. Right. Yeah. Once he gets in front of the face of the Pharaoh, 
I'm going to take things into my own hands. Maybe when he encounters some type of pushback. When he encounters some pushback. But once God fulfills these promises, Abraham call, uh, God calls to Abraham, and he's like, yes, here I am. Like, mm-hmm. he, oh, now you want to be faithful? Yeah. That was, the, the, so now, yeah. like, mm-hmm. now that all the promises have filled out, now you're, oh, yeah, whatever you say, Lord, I'll go do that. And so that's another thing. It's like once you got what you wanted out of it, then you were willing to give up anything. Yeah. And so I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, and uh, Abraham is trusting God here. Something the scripture kind of touches on, I don't remember which verse it is, but uh, God knew, I mean, Abraham knew that God had promised that Isaac was going to be have descendants, right? Yes. That's the promise. But also God said, go sacrifice your son. Mm-hmm. So Abraham at this point is trusting that somehow God is still going to make this happen. And even if he has to sacrifice his child, yeah. he believes that God will bring him back to life. Because he's seen God never fail. Yeah. He's seen it follow through. So by this point, Abraham's kind of, yes. he's kind of getting on board and understanding. But the reason, the biggest reason that I wanted to kind of run through this story mm-hmm. is because how it mirrors the gospel. And so when we talk about the gospel, just means good news. We've mentioned that before. This is the good news that God himself come on our behalf. His name is Jesus Christ. He comes on our behalf. He is God. He dies on our behalf to save us from our sin mm-hmm. and then is raised from the dead. Um, that is the gospel message, that anyone who will trust in that sacrifice for their salvation, anyone that says, nothing else can save me but Jesus Christ, anyone who says that, they are saved by faith, mm-hmm. um, uh, and that their salvation is made complete through Jesus Christ. This story of Abraham and Isaac is not just a story of, hey, I heard in the Bible that Abraham he was told to kill his son. What's up with that? Like, you know, that doesn't sound very, like, God's very loving. We're about to understand the greatest love story that mm-hmm. has ever taken place. Uh, chapter 22 is where we're going we're gonna to rest in this chapter for the rest of the episode. Um, verse 2, take your son, your only son. Where have you heard that before? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Absolutely. So we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're not going to spend any time explaining the Trinity, but understand that God exists uh, as one God revealed in three persons. Yes. And there's a reason you can't understand what that looks like because there is nothing else like it in our world. Yeah, it's our three-pound brain inside our skull is not is going to have a hard time wrapping around that. But so, it's 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 evident throughout the Bible. So listen to this. This whole story is going to mirror the sacrifice of Christ. We go down, he says, go sacrifice your one and only son. And we're familiar with that now. Um, Verse 6, so Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. So Isaac, the son that Mm -hmm. is going to be sacrificed, has the wood placed on his shoulders. Where do we see something similar to that? John chapter 19, verse 17, where Jesus is carrying the cross before he is crucified. So this is one more mirroring. Verse 8, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering. So uh, Isaac's like starting to get a little, starting to get a little squeamy. Yeah, he's, he's like, like uh, yeah. uh, we got wood for the fire and we got everything, but where is the sheep? I could just imagine him going through like a mental checklist, like with <laughs> his father. And he's like, like we got the wood, we, we got, got the knife. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. hold up. 
there's no sheep. <laughs> <laughs> where? What's He's up? He's like, where is the sheep? And uh, this is a great verse. Verse 8, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Mm. John chapter 1, verse 29, Jesus is for, referred to as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins. This is where God provides a lamb in place of mm. us. He is, Jesus is the lamb God, that God provides. And Abraham trusts that God will provide a lamb, which he does. Uh, and he does that for us as well. So he takes him up the mountain and uh, gets his knife ready. And he's getting ready. And the angel says, stop, don't do it. And the reason the angel says, stop, don't do it, is because there is nothing within our faith where child sacrifice is allowed, permissible, encouraged at all. Mm. You know, we don't believe the, the value of life is important to God. And I know people want to debate that, but it's clear through Scripture. If you don't read verses out of context, God is for you. He's not against you. The problem is you might be against him, and in, a, and in his justness, he might smite you. Now, mm. uh, mm-hmm. that's not popular, <laughs> it's, uh, but it's the truth. It, yeah, sometimes God can do whatever hurts. he wants to. He's just. Yep. And so um, the angel stops um, Abraham from killing Isaac. Yeah, and again, what does he say? He says, Abraham, Abraham. And he says, yes, here I am. So you're mm-hmm. seeing that Abraham's acknowledged that, like, I'm faithful. I'm, I'm till the end. Like, we're doing this. And um, it's just it just really speaks to um, where it says, do not hurt that him in any way, for I know that you are truly fear God. Yeah. You have not withheld from me even your son. Your only son. Um, in, in the NLT, it says, don't lay a hand on, on the boy. And so, <laughs> like, my, I don't know. I just have this voice in my head. It's like Southern. It's just like, don't lay a hand on that boy. <laughs> Let that boy go. Don't lay a hand on that boy. Um, <laughs> and he says, you have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. This is foreshadowing Jesus again. Yep. Jesus was not withheld. God's one and only son mm-hmm. that was not withheld, um, but God provided. Uh, God is, Abraham calls, gives God, or has the name for God, Yahweh Yaira, which means the Lord will provide. The Lord has provided. The Lord has provided a sacrifice, in this case, mm-hmm. for Abraham. He provided a lamb. And for you and me, we trust in the sacrifice of Christ to atone for our sins. Mm-hmm. And he has provided. And then the promise is continued uh, in verse 18. Isaac is going to have descendants. And through your descendants, all the nations of earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Mm-hmm. So this happens. And all through this, it's promised that God is going to make a way through Abraham's descendants, through Abraham, Isaac, Isaac has a son named Jacob. Jacob has a son named Joseph. It continues, mm-hmm. and this lineage of Jesus, where you can find a couple different lineages explained in the New Testament, Matthew and Luke, um, and we'll talk about those yeah. at, in future uh, episodes. But um, that through Abraham's descendants, and because of his obedience, that uh, all will be saved. All. 
All. I want you to pay attention to that. All will be saved. All the nations of the earth will be saved, all because you have obeyed me. Mm. Now, I want to be clear when we say all, this is all will have the opportunity to be saved. Um, We are not preaching that, uh, you know, because Jesus uh, has died for sin, if you don't accept it, yeah, that's, then you're not saved. As much as I wish you were, mm-hmm. I wish you were, but that's I can't see that in Scripture. But what it is saying is that the descendants of Abraham would be Jesus, mm-hmm. that through Jesus we would be saved. And, and that's, that is the most important thing that we can tell you on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's it's in John, John 3, 16. For, you know, God gave his only begotten son, for who shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, speaks wonders, man. Like, and that God used this, that, like we talked in the last episode, this story was going to be told for generations mm-hmm. and generations. And it's just one of the key points that points to the prophecy of Jesus coming. The the gospel is this fact that we are not saved by our own works. We are saved by God's gracious gift. When I think about the story of Abraham and Isaac, it was a gracious gift uh, given they a lamb to take the place of a man. Mm. And that's what that's what's happened to us. And you have to acknowledge that uh your own works can't save you. Oh man! So now you. I mean, what type of chart are you going to use? I well, mean, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, this this is my thing. And once you said that, that automatically spoke to me, um, with Paul in Ephesians two eight. He said, "Clear as day," which I love it. He says, "God saved you by His grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the things you we have done. So none of us can boast about it." For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can go, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. I mean, yeah. So when we, so when we have this discussion on what's culture doing, what are we doing? Well, first of all, the thing to do to make you a black sheep within culture is acknowledge your sin. Mm-hmm. That's the number one thing that people don't want to do. Yeah. You, you, you want me to admit that. Um, I'm a bad person. Like, it, it's and it, it's the thing that like it even it goes past your actions. Mm. It's in your thoughts. Like it's 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 in your heart. It's in your heart. Yeah. Like it's not like if you've committed adultery and slept with somebody. It's like if you think that. Yeah. And so God goes below surface level and is like, if it's in your heart, you've committed that sin. Yeah. That's a hard pill to swallow. You know, for us. And in in God's graciousness, he's shown us the truth. He's yes. shown us how, he's like, it's this easy. I, I did all the work for you. Mm-hmm. There's no work that you can do. Now, you do have responsibilities. You do have a responsibility to live for Christ. Amen. And let him work in you. And, uh, but it is not by man's works that saved him. So no man can boast, but it is only by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, his death, burial, resurrection that saves us. The fact that we trust in that. And when I say trust, the fact that we believe that no other thing can bring us salvation except for Christ, that is how someone is saved. Mm -hmm. And so when we're telling you the story of the Old Testament, the whole thing is the Old Testament was concealed 
The New Testament is revealed. The Old Testament concealed what God's plan was. God knew what the plan was. Mm-hmm. Abraham didn't. Yeah. He didn't understand it. But it is now revealed to us through the scriptures, Matthew through Revelation, we're able to see what God was doing the whole time. And so the good news is, is that God did all the work for you. Mm-hmm. When we say that gospel, that's gospel. That's good news. <laughs> yes, sir. That we're preaching to you that God did the work for you. All you have to do is believe and trust and live for him. Mm-hmm. You have to say, there is no thing that I can do that brings my salvation, but trusting that God made a way for me. And that is a gracious gift. Just as he supplied the lamb in the place of Isaac, he mm. has supplied the lamb of God in my place. Absolutely. And so I hope that we have helped you feel like you could share the gospel with someone, that you feel like you could articulate it in a way that would make sense to someone in your in your path. 100%. And, and this is something that, I mean, Paul spoke to in the New Testament uh, in Corinthians. He's like, you know, I'm... I'm Teach, I'm telling you the good news that was told to me. Like I, and so it's, it's not something that we keep to ourselves. And so right. we do this because we want you to be able to have the confidence and the comfort of knowing that it says in, in Luke that his word would never fail. Right. We want you to understand what this is saying so you can share the gospel and show somebody the, the grace and mercy that has been, you know, bestowed onto you and that you now have salvation through Jesus Christ and now are filled with the Holy Spirit and becoming new. You're, you're, you're being changed. Um, and so, yeah, man, like definitely dive into this. Um, we are just two guys that love Jesus and we're, the reason we want to take, we're so passionate about this is because we love you and we care about your soul. Yeah. We care about you 100%. So I know that usually I end um, these episodes by asking you to kind of like maybe drop a review or send us a message. Like that would be great. But what would really be great is if you could share this podcast, this specific episode, I don't care about the other ones. If you could share this specific episode with a friend that doesn't know Jesus Mm. um, because they may have never heard this explanation. And yeah. the easiest way you can explain it to somebody that may have never heard it is to just uh, copy the link and send it in a text it, message. It may be more well-received if it's in the comfort of their own. <laughs> like, you know, they're not having to stand in front of somebody and being called out. They're able to sit down and listen to this um, fresh with no interactions, just solely Yeah, so we, we would love for you to share this with somebody or maybe even share it to a few people that you think would be willing to share it to others yeah. so we can get the, the gospel spread because more importantly than our name getting out there, we don't care a lick about that. Yeah. We, 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 record, we recorded four or five podcasts without ever having one listener. So like that's not our motive here. Our motive is to for people to hear about Jesus and kind of understand some things that might have been taken out of context or been misunderstood, uh, you know, for the main group 100%. of people. So, uh, please share this podcast, and uh, we can't wait to see you or talk to you in the next episode where we teach you how to become a black sheep within culture. We will see you in the next episode. Absolutely.